0: Welcome to Miked Up Sports, the show that gives people in sports, past and present, an unfiltered platform to share their stories. If you'd like to help us sustain this oral history archive, click the listener support link on our Spotify page. Thanks for joining us and enjoy the show. Greetings, everyone. Welcome to another on-location edition of Mike Up Sports. And my guest today is someone who might have set the record for the longest time to set up an <laughs> interview, but don't worry, she has a valid explanation. That is because she will be continuing her college volleyball career at Lewis University in a few weeks. And when you're a college student-athlete, Time management is kind of a thing, but we have Lauren Stenman, a North St. Paul graduate and a setter and right side player for Lewis University. And Lauren, I know we, I think, first talked about this three years ago at the height of the pandemic, and I guess time and patience have been on our side to finally make this happen. So thanks for stopping by. And just up to this point, what would you make of your time as an athlete? Uh, making history at North St. Paul and continuing your skill set, continuing those talents you cultivated at Lewis University.
1: Um, It's been challenging for sure to just be a student athlete, to graduate in the middle of COVID, not really have a real graduation and then start college um, classes online. But it's been a great area of growth for me. I've learned a lot of time management, a lot of um, perseverance, being at Lewis gives you a good chance to you know, learn who you are and learn how to handle relationships with your teammates. So um, the whole experience from high school sports of ending on a great note and then starting brand new, fresh at a different school at a higher level um, has just shown me how to grow through challenges and learn myself as a new person.
0: And one of them, like you said, was graduating in the yes. middle of COVID, <laughs> so we had everything remote for a time. And when I look at your numbers and the stats, and I'm guessing it's like this for just about every player mm-hmm. who went through that, what we call COVID year, you, know, you look at the 2020 season and I'm going, oh, that's pretty low. And then you're, until you realize, oh, there probably weren't a ton of games because I've I've seen the numbers you've put up after that. And <laughs> that looks more like the Lauren that I saw at North St. Paul. But <laughs> Thank okay, you. What was... <laughs> Well, you know far more than I do. I think I did a scrimmage one time at Stillwater. I don't know if you saw that with a couple of players. And not that I needed it to understand what goes into all of this, but it is a good way to learn just all of the techniques and instincts that you develop and how, no matter what level you are, it doesn't come right away. It takes a lot of practice and a lot of repetition, especially in a sport as fast as volleyball with all the split second decisions that go into it.
1: Yes, yep, that is 100% what volleyball is. Um, Sometimes you can use some strategy, but especially at the college level that that I'm playing at now, everything is so fast that you have to be able to just quick react and make a smart decision.
0: I'd like to think, I don't know how many volleyball players are gamers, but if there is a thing for like quick time (laughs) gaming leagues, I would think volleyball players would have the advantage.
1: Sometimes. Some of us, yes. Um, I think the ones that are um, maybe in the back row or the ball is getting hit at you pretty fast might have some quicker reaction time, but um, some of us, we still struggle with it. (laughs)
0: Well, you haven't struggled on the court. Two-time all-GLVC first-team honoree, if my research is correct. But something interesting, I know I typically start at the beginning, but I was curious about this because when I covered you at North St. Paul, you did a little bit of everything, but mm-hmm. I noticed you play setter and right side. So I don't know what if there was a transition involved with that, because I don't remember you as a setter primarily on North St. Paul. That was Bria's job, and right. you would handle back row, front row. It seemed like no matter where you were slotted, you'd find a way to contribute. Mm-hmm. What was that adjustment like for you going from someone who might lead the attack in high school to being? the setup maestro who's logging over a 1,000 assists a season.
1: (laughs) Um, It was an easy transition, if I'm being honest. Um, In high school, um, specifically North, um, I knew that my role was a hitter, um, just because of that's how the team dynamic worked. I needed to step up as the hitter. Um, But then for club, I was more in the setter position and then just kind of a minor hitter. So that was more of my role in that situation. So then when I got to college, We started training both as a hitter and as a setter, but I realized that my choice as a role would be more of a setter, because I can lead in a manner that's more of my personality. Um, So switching over, once I got to college, was pretty easy. I had a lot of conversations with my coach, and said, you know, I just think that this is a little bit easier on my body. Um, I like being able to make the decisions of who can I set, and who can I cheer for the hardest, you know? Like, um, I like the skill of setting a lot more um, than hitting, but. Um, starting hitting was, I mean, it was really fun, but then I just learned that setting as a whole, that position was a best fit for my personality.
0: And I'd still like to think you've got a mean swing (laughs) from from what I remember in your time at North. I have to ask you though, when you decided to transition to more of a setter role, did you hit up Bria for any advice? Because you were, I'm guessing, accustomed to capitalizing on her passes, (laughs) (laughs) her sets, and now here you are having to do the same thing for your teammates.
1: Yeah, um, Bria and I always had a relationship in high school that we kind of just, you know, fed off of each other. So once we both went our separate ways, we kind of knew what we needed to do. Um, Our senior year, we were um, voted uh, co-MVP. So it was really fun to share that with her. So all throughout high school, we kind of just shared that together. So we were able to grow as our own once we got to college.
0: So I take it she gave you some helpful advice when you said, hey, I'm going to be a setter now.
1: (laughs) Yes, yep. We had, we had some good conversations. It was very fun for the both of us.
0: Do I dare ask what would happen? I'm thinking once you two are finished with that, maybe you, I, well, it's not like doing one-on-one in basketball or other sports, but mm. I'm thinking what would a scrimmage or a, an <laughs>
1: yeah. intramural
0: scrimmage between you and Bria be like now that you're both setters?
1: Yeah, I mean, I would love to see that happen. Maybe we'll come back to North someday, show off for the younger girls that are playing. We could see if that happens. Who knows? <laughs>
0: You'd have to find a, another teammate to hit the... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> that's where volleyball's a little different. You can't do it all by yourself.
1: True. That is very true.
0: But I know we did an interview years ago when I was doing stuff with SCC. So some of these details I remember, but they're a bit fuzzy. But for our audience, who maybe don't follow all the different channels, <laughs> what got you into the sport of volleyball and... Were there any other sports that you tried out when you were younger?
1: Um, I actually was a dancer for four years when I was really, really little back before. I started before elementary school, but quickly figured out that was not for me. Um, And then I took a few tennis lessons here and there. But when I was 10 years old, um, I got a flyer from North High School. Um, I think I had done something that was associated with my um, elementary school and then the high school and it was for a volleyball camp. So I went home and told my mom like, hey mom, can I go try this out? Um, so we went to the camp and I just fell in love with it right then and there. There was no questions, no doubts. And then I just kind of kept going from there.
0: So you were this close to taking up dancing as a career? Yeah, oh yeah. Well, no wonder why you're so graceful out there.
1: I, yeah, it's it's all the practice of the fluid motions. My dives just go. <laughs>
0: And what attracted you to the sport over time? What did you enjoy most about it when you were locked into pursuing this volleyball path?
1: I really liked that it was a team sport. Um, I also liked um, just the small things about it, like being able to dive. I liked trying to learn how to serve. Um, I liked that it wasn't a contact sport. I really liked that it was not contact because my mom tried to get me into basketball. That was not going to happen. So I liked that there was something separating the other teams. You could just kind of be with your team. And then I just loved how fast paced it was, even as a little kid, because, you know, you're brand new to it, trying to learn all these things. And it was just something just clicked. So.
0: And over the years, when did you feel like this would be the sport that could get you somewhere when you? I don't know if it was the first offer or some other achievement or milestone, but when did you get the sense that, hey, this could be something that can take me places?
1: Um, It was about my sophomore year when I started recruiting. Um, I started thinking about, well, I've got two more seasons of high school volleyball and then another like two seasons of club. I don't think I can stop playing after that. I can't be done. And so then I started the recruiting process, saw what college would be like started talking to college coaches and I said this is where I'm going I have to play in college <laughs> so
0: and you brought up a point because I know we were talking about Bria for example at mm-hmm. North St. Paul I think I called you Bria and Yaza Franco the big three yeah. uh, who helped North St. Paul make some history and then you had Selena Rodriguez and yes. there's a few others who were solid athletes and then I just remember too with your club experience, I think you got to play alongside Maddie Whittington, yes, who was Miss Volleyball, and unfortunately her career ended prematurely with injury, but yes. she's doing quite well. And I'm wondering, uh, what did you learn from all of these different players that you got to work alongside with in high school and club? I don't know them all by heart, but you got to get a taste of a lot of different athletes and work with a lot of different skill sets, and mm-hmm. I feel that's played a big part into what you've been able to do at Lewis now.
1: Yes, um, I would definitely say um, in the moment when I knew them, I didn't quite think about it. Uh, but now that you've asked me the question, and I can look back on it. I think um, just being able to look at our relationships, like as I've played with them, um, I used to be an athlete that compared myself a lot. I wouldn't think about myself as a player. I think about other people and then compare it to what I did. Um, and I think now it's helping me to really understand play your game. Just play as you are, be grateful that you are your own player, you are your own individual, you can grow yourself in a skill set that's unique to you. Um, so, playing alongside a bunch of different players with all different skills, you know, they're praised and they're um, congratulated for all the things that they do themselves. And I was always kind of like, well, I want to be able to do that, to be congratulated for the same thing. But now that I'm in college, I'm my own player. I can learn how to um, build a relationship with my own coach. And um, I'm just grateful for the fact that I am my own player. So,
0: And if you don't mind, who are some of the folks that you played with? Again, in high school, I can remember a few more teammates, but I don't follow the club scene as much mm-hmm. because it typically overlaps with all the other sports that I'm doing. And there's only one me in a lot of games out there. But who are some of the players that, Maybe made an impression with you. You talked about maybe dealing with comparing yourself against how other players are and how college has helped you mm-hmm. discover yourself, but who are some of the athletes that you got to cross paths with?
1: Uh, well, Maddie Whittington, for one. I played with her for a number of years. Um, another few are Alex Lyle, who's at NDSU um, currently, um, Emily Bannett, Maddie Cayley, Caitlin Steffes, um, Maddie Klimek. Um, else um i never played with this person but holly elwanger she was somebody i looked up to again bria yaisa selena um, i played with jenna rebelke and she was super fun to play with so those are the some of the core people that i remember um, kind of growing up in the sport with
0: well i'm sure they'll all appreciate the plug you just gave them <laughs> uh, but that actually leads to another thought that i had who are your role models in the sport because Basketball, for example, we have the WNBA. The college game gets a lot of exposure, ratings, and the like. And a lot of the other athletes that I've talked to, they can go to the college or pro level and point to somebody. Volleyball doesn't get as much exposure. Uh, Big Ten Network and some of the other cable stations have given more coverage to it, but you don't see a similar following at the professional level. So who are the athletes that... You were looked up to when you pursued this path of volleyball here.
1: Um, well, like I just said, Holly Ellbanger, Um she was an absolute stud um, at North, and she actually came back to coach for a while. So I still have a relationship with her. We're still good friends. Um, Megan Reboki, Jenna's older sister, I always loved watching her play as well. Um, Sam Seliger-Swenson from the U of M. Um, when I was in middle school, going into high school, I loved watching her and um, one of the most influential actually was a coach for me, Laura Bush. Uh, she used to be associated with the U of M and then um, I'm not quite sure what she's doing now, but she coached me during my 15 season at Kokoro and she had the strongest impact on me. So she was one of my biggest role models. So.
0: Then you mentioned Maddie Whittington, of course, and getting to play with her all those years at Kokoro. It almost served as a preamble or a prologue because I look back and remembered how many times you and Stillwater had to face off (laughs) in sections. Yes. I think it was three years in a row in the section final. Yep. And then another year where you met in the semis. So what were those rivalry games like? I guess I call them that because it seemed like these were the two that always would meet and Stillwater was... the a solid group or they had the upper hand and then North St. Paul was able to work their way to that point. But Mm -hmm. what was that like when you had to go up against your club partner and Maddie, and every year it seemed like you were doing it for the right to go to state?
1: Yeah. um, It was a lot of mixed emotions, I'll be honest. Um, I really wanted her to do well because she was my friend and, you know, closest friend in high school. So I really wanted her to always have a good game, but I always wanted us to win. So I always wanted – to be able to cheer for her and say, hey, you played so great, you played so great, because I know that you know success is important, and I always love watching her play well. Um, but then, as my own team, I always want us to just be a little bit further on top.
0: And on that note, North St. Paul, again, had some great teams over the years, but until, I think, 2019, when you and Bria Yiza and that group made it to state, they had never won a mm-hmm. section championship before, never had a state tournament appearance but they were always a team that was in the mix. Like the season before, you won 20, 21 games in a row to start before your first loss. So what was that like? It's not like North St. Paul was in rebuilding mode. They had a lot of Mm -hmm. solid pieces to make that puzzle work. But what do you look back on most fondly and perhaps most educationally, if that's the right word, playing for a program that, was trying to get in the mix with some of the perennials in high school volleyball?
1: Um, well, I think it's really important to just remember that there's lots of competition all throughout every conference, and I think that's part of what was um, putting a little bit of that roadblock is that we were a really good team, but there was always just this good mix of competition, and so there's always a little bit of a battle between different teams. And so there's competition and skill and um what team is slightly stronger just shifts every year. And so the year that, you know, we did go to state, we won sections, it had shifted and we fought back and um, took the top spot for that year. Um, But I think every year leading up, it was always just kind of these teams were pretty even and it was just a little bit, you know, game by game, competition, stuff like that. So, yeah.
0: So how do you think those, matchups with Stillwater in sections again, three years in a row you had to face them for the right to go to state. How do you think that fueled yourself and your teammates where you would have some fantastic campaigns, resumes, and then have it you know, no one wants to see their season end before yep. state, but to go through that a couple of times, and I think the year before it was a five set thriller where yes. the last set Anytime you go to a fifth set, it's like, well, this could go in any direction. Uh, but how do you think those earlier battles motivated you and the rest of the team to, as you put it, uh, do a little better than, <laughs> than your one of your best friend's teams? Yeah.
1: Um, well, the group of us that, uh, so the team that did go to state, we had been together for quite a few years. Both we started out club together and then we kind of shifted there. But all throughout high school, we were on pretty similar teams, you know, JV varsity, All throughout the four years and so we all had this memory of constantly losing to Stillwater and so we were all frustrated and angry and kind of like we want our revenge against Stillwater and so that kind of unified us as a team we were like this team is not losing to Stillwater anymore and so I think that helped us a lot that we all had been through it together for the past few years so when we got to that final point and just came together.
0: And how do you feel your time as a polar helped develop you both as an athlete and as a person going through all of those ups and downs, whether it was engaging with Stillwater for sections all the darn time <laughs> yeah. or some of the other perhaps more, I'm going to say minuscule, <clears throat> but facets that we don't always see because there's a lot that goes into these games and it's something I've mentioned or I try to bring up in conversation like, hey, we only see what's on the court or on the field. We don't know what goes on behind it that helps build the chemistry make those moments that people look back on so fondly and how do you think your time as a polar embodied that
1: um i think my time at north helped me to appreciate perseverance um, because my freshman year i started on jv when i wanted to be on varsity um, but i think it was very good for me um, but then growing all four years with the same team and just kind of slowly graduating some people and bringing in new people. Um, You get to inherit a dream and then pass it on. Um, So getting that in high school and then finalizing it with state brings me to college. And now we're starting off rough with COVID, not having a real season, but throughout the four years and I still have this hope that, you know, my coach is handing me down a dream. The players that graduated before me are handing down a dream of making it to the national championship. Um, So going through high school sports. Now it's kind of getting into college sports that way as well.
0: And this is a more generic question, perhaps, at least for volleyball fans who might be tuning in, but what do you think are the facets or the elements that are unique to the sport that you wouldn't find elsewhere? You spoke of the teamwork that you have to do because you've got six players Mm -hmm. in one space and... As we talked about before, you can't do it by yourself because either you're going to set up for somebody or go for the attack on offense and then on defense you know who's going to make that dive to get the up or who's going to read the make the block all of that yeah. what elements do you think are unique to the sport that help make it what it is
1: um I think there's a certain level of communication that's unique to volleyball um. Generally, you know, the six players on the court are in a very close proximity, but also the players on the bench are relatively close. So, um, you know, you think about football, you're very spread out on the field, your bench is all the way off, but volleyball, you're all very close to each other. So you can hear everything. Um, So you really have to communicate in a way that you're talking straightforward, but also listening very, very well. Um, So just talking about things in the play, talking about things after the play is over, I think there's also a level of trust and learning your teammates Um, because volleyball is so quick in a small area. um, You learn your habits, you learn your teammates habits and then you figure out how that works on the court together. So I think that's a very unique aspect of being able to know, oh, I know my teammates going to be able to do this or I know that maybe that's not her strong suit so I can cover for her a little bit.
0: On a similar note, tactically, how do you approach the quick time nature of the sport it might seem obvious to you because you've done it for so long (laughs) but again I did that one scrimmage and I see players go out there and I'm going how do they react that quickly how do they know where to go and what to do when you have a split second I I liken it to the amount of time a batter has in baseball (laughs) to respond to a pitch it's I think less than half a second I imagine it's about the same length of time for all of you. How do you adapt to a sport where if you don't react right away, you could find yourself in a hole?
1: Yeah, we do. I think we might have just a hair bit of a bit of time, with, especially with a larger ball, it's easier to see. But um, you just practice it. You work on it. Um, we have practices sometimes where our coach stands up on a box on the other side of the net and just hits ball after ball after ball at us. Super quick, you just have to figure out how to have your arms out. Um, You just got to train your eyes. Um, It's kind of more of a practice repetition kind of thing. Um, So me doing it over the years, you know, has helped now that I'm at the college level. I've continuously learned how to see things on the court with my eyes and, you know, you just train it, practice every day.
0: And we've talked about the history that you got to make at North St. Paul, going to state. What do you recall from that season not only finally getting past the hump that was Stillwater, the roadblock that mm-hmm. would send you home before making it, but you get to state and then made it all the way to the semis. I think you got bronze yes, we, in 2019. We yep. So you, you start the tournament with an upset over Lakeville North, and Correct. even though you weren't able to sustain that against, I think it was Minnetonka, and I've noticed
1: we was lost it? to why Zeta yeah.
0: That well. I think that's a loss a lot of teams can.
1: Yes, you <laughs> not know, that you want to, it. but Myzana, they've
0: been, <laughs> I've seen them, and they are phenomenal yes. athletes too over there too. but what do you recall the excitement, the emotion of that here you are, this group, and you never know what will happen from one season to the next, but you knew that you were going to go out and whatever happened, you were going to be the first team ever to make the state tournament in volleyball and What do you think that symbolized for you and all of your brethren out there?
1: Well, I think we were all very much on the same page of it's not good enough to just get to state, you know, like if we're going to be the first team to get to state, we're going to go far. Um, So we were all in the same mindset of, yeah, we're here, but now we want to do well while we're here. So we knew we were the underdogs, you know, we weren't ranked in the state um, placements. And so we were like, you know what, this is our time to just show the state tournament what we've got um, and so we just went out playing really hard so I think that's something that we can all carry with us now as we're going on in life.
0: And what do you remember from the atmosphere and I imagine you got a fair dose of attention when it became clear hey we're going to go to state now and go <laughs> to the axe. I remember Bria telling me uh, ha- having her, one of her best friends Jalen Suggs, Chet Holmgren, go to the games and everyone's like, wait, why are, what are they doing here? (laughs) Yeah. But what do you remember from, I guess I would say having celebrity status for a little while?
1: It was crazy, overwhelming, surreal. It just, you know, at the end of it, you're kind of just like, that just happened. Whoa. Um, But in the moment, it just felt very, um, it was incredible. I mean, your team is there together. Your school is there together. So it was just an overall crazy experience.
0: Did you have similar feelings? At, well, with the state tournament, it's back-to-back-to-back to back to back for the most part. Mm-hmm. It's one game a day. But after you beat Lakeville North and realized, hey, we're going to get the chance to play for a medal at the very least, mm-hmm. did you have a similar emotion when you were able to pull off that upset?
1: We, we did, yeah. Um, we were all kind of at the end like, holy moly, we just won. We just beat a team that should have been better than us. Um, so it kind of gave us all a bit of hope you know, for the rest of the tournament, which was pretty awesome.
0: And what do you think that speaks to about perseverance? You spoke of having to make your way from JV your first year to varsity and the story of a team that was always on the doorstep, finally breaking through. What do you remember most about that run going to state and getting the opportunity to highlight yourself and your fellow pollers to the masses out there.
1: Um, it was really just about the team wanting it together. That was basically the whole thing of the entire season. We started off, um, United as one. That's what we had on our shirts always. Um, so, Throughout the whole season, that's what I just remember is every game, we wanted it together. So then by the time we got to the state tournament, it was kind of drilled in our heads. It was a habit of us to think that, that when we were out on the court, when we were on the bench, everybody was together playing really hard.
0: And I also have to ask you, how much bullet and board material did you save? Because I remember shooting highlights of the section semis, Mm -hmm. knowing that I think SEC was going to go cover the section final. So uh, in my head, I'm thinking, all right, I'll go and shoot some highlights and then I can send them over to SEC. They can use them for pregame and we can kind of illustrate how we got here. But (laughs) in the highlights, I found the banners Mm -hmm. that keep track of section and state titles and notice volleyballs was blank. (laughs) (laughs) I started with that and your coach, Stephanie Blanda, was she took it humorously yeah. we have that kind of sense of humor about ourselves but she said no pressure i'm going oh i wonder if they're going <laughs> to i wonder if the i'm sure the players are going to see that and go all right let's <laughs> let's fix that i don't know what if that's something that added motivation or what but i just find that to be an amusing moment <laughs> an amusing side note yeah. to that run to the fact that you we were able to fill up that column so there was <laughs> yeah. at least one entry and that can never be taken away.
1: Yes, correct. Um, I think a lot of us, especially the older girls, we were really thinking about it because, you know, it's your last year of high school. You want something of yours to be put up there, even if it's not your name. Um, so <laughs> I know I was thinking about it, um, just seeing the fact that there wasn't anything up there. Um, I know all of us wanted our year 2019 to be up there.
0: Well, if I ever do that again, or if it ever comes up, I can't say, uh, you see that blank spot? (laughs) Not blank anymore. No. (laughs) You mentioned the recruiting process beginning in your sophomore year. Uh, How many schools did you consider, and what led you to Lewis, uh, a Division II school? And I guess I'm asking because I'm wondering if any D1 schools took a look at you, Mm -hmm. and whether or not they did, what led you to settle on this university near Chicago? Is um, it in Chicago?
1: It's just outside of Chicago. Just outside. Because
0: so I've seen a lot of your travels in Chicago. Yes. <laughs> One perk of uh, being in Lewis, I suppose, you get to do a lot of sightseeing. But, yes. But you know, what was that process like for you, the whole recruiting experience?
1: Um, well, I started um, kind of just going big with everything because I didn't quite know what to do. So I probably had about 15, 20 schools on a list roughly to start with, just kind of, you know, send out some emails, figure out some recruiting stuff, how to ask questions for coaches. Um, some of the big ones that I was looking at were North Dakota State and University of North Dakota because my family has been in North Dakota for a very long time, so it was kind of a family tie. Um, so I had a few Division ones and then mostly Division twos, mostly because I liked the balance of being a student athlete at the Division II level. Um, I think a lot of girls can balance the Division I um, balance. Um, I just knew that for me, as I was figuring out who I was, Division Two was a better fit. Um, so finding Lewis, my mom actually found Lewis. She found the school and was like, oh, I kind of like this one, even though it was six hours away. And she sent the email to Coach Laura Lee Smith, and she emailed back, saw me at a tournament, and. At first, I didn't even know anything, and then my mom showed me the email from Laura Lee. Uh, I had a phone call with her, took a visit, and it was fantastic. I, it wasn't my first visit, but it was the visit I loved the most. And Laura Lee had basically told me, "I like you. I want I want you to play for me." Um, she didn't play any games or anything. She was very straightforward with it. So that was kind of what I knew. Lewis might just be the place for me. I love the closed campus. I love the coach, the players here seemed very honest. Um, and then a week later, I'd gotten the offer and accepted it.
0: Interesting. Well, and I suppose the visit you love the most is the one that will stand out, yes. <laughs> whether it's your first or your last or somewhere in between. And we've touched on this already, but going into that first year where I don't think anyone got to play a whole lot. Mm-hmm. Especially, I think D2, D3 had a smaller schedule. D1, it was, I don't know how they pulled it off. Yeah, it was crazy. <laughs> it was rough on me because I couldn't do any sports. <sighs> I'm so happy that's behind us. But yes. what was that like, that first year where everything is remote? You got a few games in, but you. I'm guessing you didn't get the experience that you signed up for. Not that any of it was your fault or your teammate's fault or coach. It it just, it's one of those moments where you realize we only can control so many things in our lives. But what was that freshman year like for you where everything was online and Mm -hmm. you had no idea whether or not your next game was going to take place as scheduled?
1: Yeah, um, it was almost kind of a blur looking back on it because everything was just fast and new and it was new for everybody. So it wasn't just new for us, but it was new for coaches. It was new for returning players. Um, but going into the season, I had an idea of what I thought I would expect, you know, a fall season where I would come in, start practicing, maybe get a little playing time here and there. Um, and then season was postponed. So then we only had conference games um, and then it was weekly testing. It was getting vaccines and no NCAA tournament at all. So. It was a very interesting season. Um, it was kind of a bit of a shock to be, well, here's a collegiate game, but it's not a true collegiate experience. Um, so it was a bit, bit odd, but, you know, happened.
0: <laughs> That's a good way of summing it up. It yes, happened. It
1: happened. <laughs>
0: <laughs> well, the next year, things, as far as the season goes, much more normal. There were some adjustments that had to be made, but it was uh, nothing – You know. Nothing like your first year. Mm -hmm. You knew there would be a tournament for for one, and I think you've been to one or two?
1: Yes, we've been to regionals two years.
0: Regionals, okay. That's right, because D2, they run it a little differently than D1. How do you think that first year, even though you didn't get to play a lot and there was no tournament, how do you think that helped prepare you for your sophomore and junior seasons where... I see you racking up assists. I think one time you had over 60 in a game. I know when you get a five-setter, that tends to inflate the numbers. But still, (laughs) I don't think anyone's going to – or I'm certainly not going to dismiss getting 60 assists (laughs) because you have to be a good passer to get that many. But how do you think that first year helped you become the two-time all-GLVC first-team athlete that you have become since then?
1: Um, I think um, the season as a whole – you get a little bit of outside competition with the teams that you're gonna play in the future, but overall the year helped me more outside of volleyball, just get adjusted to the college life. So with classes, um, hanging out with my teammates, having meetings with my coaches. So it was a lot of those kinds of things that I got well adjusted with. And then by the time I was returning as a sophomore, it was a little bit of a new experience having a regular season, but I had already had the relationship with my teammates and coaches that otherwise I wouldn't have had, you know, if it was a regular season. So I had a little bit more comfort going into a brand new season as a sophomore.
0: And I imagine most athletes don't pay attention to numbers, especially in the middle of a season or afterwards. It's usually the last thing on their mind. But when you look back and see the stats you've tallied, especially the set assists you have, Mm i look at some of the hitting statistics and others and I see okay so you can still hit the ball if (laughs) necessary but do you ever look back on that and go holy cow how did I get that many 1200 your sophomore year not quite as many last year but still over a thousand and that's about a thousand more than I could probably rack up (laughs) (laughs) in in a fall season's worth of time.
1: Um, It is a little bit crazy to think about you know you go game by game and you're just you're playing to win. Um, I don't always pay attention to my stats, but it is sometimes fun to look back on. But um, in the moment, it's just kind of, you remember some of the things, you remember some of the things happening. So I like will look back on maybe a kill or two that I've gone up to the net and then thrown it down or something. And I go, oh, I remember those two from that game very well. And so it's just kind of fun like that. Some of us pay it, a lot of attention to it. Some of us don't, but you know, it's fun to compare them game by game like that, I guess.
0: So what you're telling me is that you don't keep mental notes of all the assists you have logged in volleyball.
1: No, I do not. No, nope. I care more, I guess, about um, playing with the team. I remember those things a little bit clearer.
0: I suppose when you have over 2,000 and perhaps could get to 3,000, if not more, <laughs> it'd be tough to remember them all.
1: Yes, yep. And I'm not a numbers girl either, so. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's what we're here for. I'm yep. here for. I
1: agree
0: the numbers. <laughs> but i found that the most fascinating that you were able to make that transition and do oh. it so smoothly and based on your experience if, i suppose it goes without saying am like of course like this seems silly she has over 2000 assists but what goes into being a good setter a, a reliable setter someone who can make those plays and make those passes that lead to all those points because I look I mentioned this with basketball and some other sports when you get an assist maybe you weren't responsible for the point but you helped create it what in your view goes into being a reliable setter out there in volleyball
1: I think there's a couple of big things Um, one is being able to take care of the ball as a setter yourself so having disciplined fundamentals um, having good feet, quick feet where you beat the ball, having your hands up early, strong release. So taking care of it on your own. Um, But then it also depends on your passers, you know, like if your passers trust that you can get to the ball. So there's that aspect to it. And then also your hitters, Um, knowing what kind of hitter they are, Um, especially at this level, you can learn your teammates based on if they have, uh, you know, a quicker arm or maybe they have more of a heavy arm that isn't, you know, as, you know, quick reaction, like a whip. Um, Maybe they reach a little bit higher, they have a slightly longer arm. So it's a lot of taking care of the ball as yourself, but also having a relationship and trust with your teammates that, okay, I kind of know what this is going to be like. I can mentally prepare. And then I know what kind of set this teammate needs. So we're going to flow as a unit that way. So that's kind of the biggest part as a setter.
0: And looking back, even though you're not a numbers person or a stats person, again, most athletes aren't, but when you saw that you were getting all of these honors for what mm-hmm. you've been doing in volleyball, making the first team in the GLVC, I don't know what the the GLV stands for.
1: <laughs> oh, it's a Great Lakes Valley Conference. Great
0: Lakes Valley. Yeah. I knew it was like, okay, some <laughs> sort of conference like Valley, but it, I, my first mind went to Granite. and I'm like, that doesn't sound <laughs> right. But to see that you were able to carry over what you learned and achieved at North St. Paul and then translate that as fluidly as you have at Lewis, where you've been getting a lot of postseason accolades, both athletically and academically as your bio lists. <laughs> no, really, those are, those are I wanna get those honors in there too, yes. because again, this is not just about what you do on the court. It's just one part of you, but yes. what do you think that says about you and the determination and the investment you've put in to make the most of this opportunity?
1: Um, well, personally, this is what I hope for. Um, I just hope that it always shows that I'm determined to grow. Um, I am by no means a perfect player as much as I strive to be, Um, but all throughout high school, playing at both the high school team and the club team, and then now coming into college, every experience has been an opportunity to grow. And so college, you know, racking up the stats, getting all these accolades, it's fun and it's cool and it's important, but it just shows um, I never want to stop growing. I just always want to be better. (laughs)
0: So even when you hang it up, you'll find new ways to grow. Maybe as a coach or a broadcaster. Who knows? Yes. <laughs> something tells me whenever you hang it up as a player, you'll find a way to stick around. Oh, yeah. But you mentioned something, and I wanted to follow up on it, where you felt the Division Two level would be the best fit for you mm. and what you had in mind. With a few years under your belt and a couple of runs at regionals, and I keep going back to the... 1000 plus assists. (laughs) That number just sticks out though. And when you're able to execute as effectively as you have, how do you feel the choice to go to Lewis, the choice to compete in division two, how do you think your history these last few years has validated that decision? And maybe what has surprised you and not necessarily negative, like, oh, this stinks, but you know, what has surprised you and what do you feel has been validated by your choice to play at the Division II level?
1: Um, I, my experiences have shown me that this was the right choice because um, Lewis, every aspect of it, um, both the coaching staff, the team, the conference, um, how the Division II style works, um, my classes, everything has just been kind of molding me into a more understanding, more patient, more willing person. Um, so my coach, um, Laura Lee Smith, currently is one of my favorite coaches ever she's taught me so much about volleyball in the iq sense but also um, just as a player coach how to have a good relationship Um, so the division two level she understands what division two is like and so she's really good about helping us to organize our classes figure out home life because she pulls from everywhere you know some local girls some far away Um, and so she knows that division two while it's not as demanding as division one still quite demanding. Um, And so having her at school has helped me to kind of figure out that Division II is one of the best places you can go because it teaches you management, um, both with time, people, academics, just everything. Um, Teaches you a lot of patience, a lot of determination, but it also leaves a lot of room for success. So I think that's what Division II has really given me um, through my years at college.
0: Well, you touched on another point that I wanted to mention. No, I appreciate that. It, this should make for maybe the smoothest segue of this
1: yeah. <laughs>
0: discussion we're having. But for others out there, we get, of course Division One gets the most attention when you see the growth in the tournaments. I think the Division One Women's Volleyball Championship will air on network TV mm-hmm. this year for the first time ever, after being on ESPN. And I've been to a lot of Gophers games I, when I was a student there, and after were they always draw big crowds, Big Ten, which is about to become the Big 20. Yes. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I guess that's one perk of being in Division II. You don't have to worry about being caught up in the realignment roller coaster, at least not at the level that yeah. the major D1 schools are at the moment. But that's another story. So Division One, of course, gets the most attention. That's usually seen as the highest level of competition. But for those who maybe you're considering or thinking this maybe isn't the best fit, maybe a D2 school is right for me or those who might have questions about it. What would you say to them? Because you might have seen this, and I've seen a lot of coaches and others, and I promote this myself. You're the author of your story, and that means if you want to go to a D2 or D3 school, then you know go for it. You know It's not all about the headlines and the attention. There's a lot more to this college experience than the following or the notoriety that a school has so Mm -hmm. from your experience what would you say to others who might be thinking of going that path or maybe would consider it as an alternate if their first option isn't panning out
1: um I would say I don't think there's anything wrong with choosing a division one school I think there's a there's plenty of schools that are division one that are you know fantastic options so if division one is someone's dream you know I tell them to pursue it, but I am always a huge advocate for Division II because I think Division II does a really good job of setting up for life. Um, The whole student life or student-athlete balance going into a Division II school is just a different dynamic. Um, Division II's generally, um, they're less demanding um, just in terms of practice times, um, commitment to season, Skill level, I think is still, it's still obviously high. It's a great place to play. Um, but Division Two also leaves a lot of room for growth, I think, um, from my point of view, I see a lot of girls go into, uh, you know, the high level Division Ones, and they are these fantastic players in high schools, they're in high school um, teams. So then they go in and they just start playing right away. Whereas Division Two, there's a lot of room for you know, growing and earning a playing spot, um, that I've seen especially happen to myself and to some of my teammates. So I would argue division two is a great place for, um, both personal and athletic growth.
0: And I've seen some division two contest as I've covered sports long enough where more of these athletes go that route. And, my first impression I'll never forget when I went to go see it was a basketball game but volleyball I'm familiar with it Concordia University yes. for example being the powerhouse Division two <laughs> program that it is you go to those games and maybe they don't go pro that mm-hmm. and for a lot of athletes I don't think that's in their future per se I'm sure you'd love it if you had a chance to play <laughs> professionally but you know hey this is just one part of me but overall the the competition, the talent level in Division II games, I've said, is up there. I don't know yes. if they could hold their own against D1, but that's not really why I'm there. But you go to those games, and it, it, those athletes, they, they come to play. They know how to play. Mm-hmm. You're going to get uh, an entertaining matchup at yes. that level.
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Division Two, I think a lot of the conferences um, throughout the country are very... Um, even in terms of like, we have a lot of players that are super strong, super fast, super smart, and so um, when you come together for NCAA at the end of the season, everybody's been working hard for all these different things, and then you can see different teams that have different ways of playing, um, which you do see that at Division One as well. But Division Two is just kind of there's so many schools everywhere that come together for the end of the season, and you can see that. that there's a lot of different ways of playing. Um, There's a lot of different types of players um, that excel in their own area.
0: On that note, Lauren, we've talked about all of the people you've been able to play with and Mm. volleyball again is a little different. You're not going up against anyone individually. Like you mentioned that you have your own space and, it's been quite clear. They make it quite clear you can't cross over. No. I once called the section <laughs> final that ended when a team crossed the center line. Yeah. Which was one of the stranger endings I've seen yeah. in the game. My, I will, I'll never forget the call. This is a bit of a tangent, but I think I yelled, Task oh, across the center line. And then I didn't know what to say for the next 30, 40 seconds because, yep. like, uh, okay, well, it's over. Yeah,
1: that's the game. <laughs> that's
0: the game. <laughs> Strange way to end it, but. With that caveat of how volleyball works, who would you say have been the toughest players you've had to face Ooh. that you could recall? And again, I know it's the caveat's there with the front line on the block. You've got the back row, the libero, of course, so a lot of different players who can bring their best to match your wits. But who are some players that really gave you a test?
1: Um, well, some teams we play during preseason um, can give us a run for our money. Um, Concordia-St. Paul is one that was a very, very tough match. Um, there's been plenty of teams in our Denver-Colorado tournament um, that they, they can push hard against us and really bring out a better team in us. Um, there's a bunch of teams in our conference. We used to play Southern Indiana, who has now moved to a different conference, but they were always a good rival. Um, this past season was Quincy University. They were a really good one. Um, so we just have a lot of teams in our conference that have been able to, you know, push hard against us and challenge us like that.
0: So more of teams than individuals uh, per se. Yeah. Although I imagine going back to the high school conversations, going up against Maddie was always a fun battle.
1: Yes. Um, In those kinds of games, when you have a player who is a little bit stronger, um, your team kind of hyper focuses on that and shutting them down, because that's usually the powerhouse. So that's what we really tried to do with Maddie in a lot of those games.
0: And, uh, well, I guess in Wyzetta, that's a little harder because who do you try to stop? (laughs) I've seen the teams they fielded and it's always fun though. And and I think it speaks to the friendships that are generated through high school, club, college, Mm -hmm. and how you follow each other, no matter what jersey you're wearing, what colors you're wearing. I'll never forget the year you finally won sections and beat Stillwater. After the celebration, I remember seeing you with Maddie and just, getting it all out there, letting those emotions run yeah. and all of that. Uh, what do you, what do you think volleyball has given you the most with the friendships and everything that you've experienced at this point? What are you most proud of that volleyball has created? Like if it wasn't for the sport, this wouldn't have happened. What are you most proud of in terms of what volleyball has given you?
1: Um, lots of memories and friendships, to be honest. Um, like I had said before, you know, with North, you go through all these things over mul- multiple years with your teammates. So you all have these memories together and you're kind of connected by that. So, especially with Lewis, um, we go through playing teams in our conference together and all of us have this experience of, oh, we didn't play super strong about- against this team, this game, so all of us are gonna turn it around this game. And so then you figure out how to play that way. And then um, you spend a lot of time around them outside of volleyball. So you really get to know them just as a person. Um, So I'd say that's the biggest thing that volleyball has given me over the years is I've gotten to know a lot of people. Um, We've built so many strong connections. We all have a bunch of memories. We have some traditions together. So that's the strongest thing.
0: And you've got at least one more year, I believe at Lewis. I think you have the COVID year if you want it.
1: Yes, I I could take a fifth year, but I'm choosing to graduate this year and then come home.
0: Okay, yeah. well, that answered one of my <laughs> questions, and there was no wrong answer to it. Uh, but you, one more year, you have a couple of regional yep. appearances uh, under your belt now. What are you looking forward to most out of this last year? And I guess since you said this is probably going to be it for you. Mm-hmm what does that what does the next leg of your journey look like after you complete your senior year get your bachelor's i presume yes get all the pomp and circumstance that comes with it what do you hope to accomplish and uh, what's next for you
1: um well throughout the season um i want our team obviously to make it to uh final four at the at the least but i think we could really get far into the tournament um but i want us to just continuously grow. Um, I've gotten really big into reading a lot of sports books about mental toughness and just growing as a team together, um, so I really love that my team has started also to buy into that, so I hope that this is another season of just really super strong growth in that. Um, at the end of the school year, I hope to graduate with exercise science major with a minor in theology, uh, start working with youth Christian athletes, doing some stuff and work with ministry in, with them, Um, and then just see where it goes from there. I have a hope for the future, but no set, set plans because we're just going to see where God's going to take me through the journey. Um, But this season, I just hope it's one where we persevere through anything that is thrown at us um, and we just come out on top as a team together, just as Lewis women's volleyball.
0: A couple of thoughts came to mind as you were answering that question. Are there any passages authors or books anything that has resonated with you uh, picking up these sports publications Mm -hmm. sports books about developing mental fortitude mental health is becoming a bigger element a bigger point of discussion now in sports what has stood out to you at this point since you started uh, picking up those books
1: um an author that my team has really liked is john gordon He's very popular among the sports world. He has a number of books. Um, One that we read as a team already was The Energy Bus. Um, That one really helped us last season. And then one that I read this past summer was You Win in the Locker Room First. So it's like the seven C's of competition of winning, I think. Um, Those two books have really resonated with both myself and my team. So um, we really like John Gordon. Um, And then I can't remember the author's name, But the book that we read a little while ago was called The Mindful Athlete. Um, That one's just about, you know, building yourself as a player, building yourself with your team and creating this mental standard with this growth mindset.
0: Well, I'm sure you or your teammates might Google this after, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> afterward to find out who wrote that again. Yeah. Maybe you can invite them over.
1: Yeah, I've got it <laughs> at my house, actually. I can go look it up.
0: <laughs> All right. Well, I guess, yeah. So stick around. We're going to go to Lauren's house. No, no, no. <laughs> we'll
1: take a trip. <laughs> we'll take a trip.
0: And one thing about this podcast, I create this in part to offer a platform for athletes to talk about anything. So there is no one prevailing topic other Mm -hmm. than, hey, we met through sports. Let's go through your journey and see what made you who you are. But I've seen both in this, you referenced it, and I've seen you bring this into some of your social media posts, Mm -hmm. uh, how faith has played a big part in it. And I don't know all of the highs and lows and struggles and successes that you've been through or how much you're willing to share, but how do you feel that has helped you navigate everything, whether you're celebrating a state tournament appearance or a regional appearance in volleyball and maybe some moments where things weren't looking so hot for you, so great, Mm -hmm. where you were maybe down on yourself, if you know what I'm getting at. How do you think that has helped you navigate everything that life has thrown at you, good, bad, and different?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Well, just on a, you know, kind of surface level after like a rough game or something that maybe I haven't played my best, God's there, you know? And so it's a nice little way to be like, well, my all isn't in volleyball. Um, This is not defining who I am as a person. So that's just kind of a quick little bounce back, gives me hope again that the next game can be different. It's not a finalized defining moment, Um, but a little bit deeper. uh, Freshman year was tough, Um, trying to figure out school, trying to figure out being away from home. Um, I didn't have a lot of people at school right away. Um, I had my team obviously, but I was still getting to know them. Um, And then season getting shifted, classes online. It was really hard being stuck in my room. I didn't have my car, which (laughs) not a huge thing, but you know, it does make it tough. You can't really go anywhere off campus. Um, It was very challenging for me to stay in a good mental spot. So I experienced burnout pretty quick um, because it was just volleyball year round. So we had... um, a lot of practices for a semester and then second semester it was difficult trying to figure out. We would have a 6 a.m. practice and then the night before we would have an 8 to 10 practice. So it was, you know, not a lot of sleep because it wasn't really our season. So gym times were messed up. Um, I was new to the whole traveling out of state on a bus for 8 hours and then traveling back. Uh, Time management was not great so I was really jumbled throughout the whole season and burnout crept up on me quick. Um, And so at first I didn't turn to God for all that stuff, so freshman year was tough. Um, And then sophomore year I came back with a completely new attitude towards my faith and burnout did not catch me. Um, So God really was just kind of there for me when you need something to look towards um, that isn't gonna bring you down. Um, I know that I have Jesus to, Kind of bring me to a good spot. He's always going to be there no matter what. Um, so trying to navigate my faith, it was rough for a while. Um, I would say I wasn't very strong in my faith, but then um, once you start looking to God, once you start following Jesus a little bit stronger, um, you get this hope and you have a better understanding of all of this that you're doing um, is for something, but it's not defining you. So it kind of took Uh, it gave me a little bit of separation between volleyball and myself and kind of gave me an understanding that volleyball is more of a gift than it is my entire life.
0: And I've asked this from other athletes who, again, have relied on their faith to help Mm -hmm. get them through whatever they might be facing. And are there any lines, passages that stand out to you? I know I've got one on my Instagram. I'm not the biggest, like, I'm not a never been like a Bible thumper, for example, because (laughs) I've met a lot of people from a lot of different backgrounds. And I feel that's what my journey in sports broadcasting has done for me is given me the chance to meet and experience all sorts of ideas and values that maybe I wouldn't have been exposed to had I not followed this. But for you, what maybe passages or lines have you looked upon uh, that you look forward to that resonate with you most. That's what I'm trying to get. Yes. (laughs) If um, I can ever (laughs) untie myself.
1: Yes. I got you. Um, Second Timothy chapter one, verse seven. It says, for God gave us a spirit, not of fear, but of power and love and a sound mind. Um, So all of those characteristics I know are things that I am capable of because God created me to be capable of them. So it's, it's a good reminder every day to carry on life with peace and love and I'm strong because God made me strong and I have a sound mind because I have his understanding.
0: And in case any of you are too lazy to look up my Instagram profile <laughs> or, or what used to be Twitter, I don't know what to call it now. <laughs> it's Galatians 6, 9, which sums up why I do what I do mm-hmm. and how it kind of just keeps me going. I say, well, every year it's the people that keep me coming back to doing more events, even in times where things weren't so great or something would blow up or fizzle out and you kind of feel deflated. So that's my little secret, (laughs) but whatever you follow, if there's a line or sound advice, you know, go for it. I think that's what we're trying to get at here. There are a few more things that come to mind, Lauren, that I'd like to ask of all my guests as well, because there's a, well, there's a lot of uh, fun answers and pathways here but throughout your time in volleyball
1: Mm -hmm.
0: what would you say was the most exciting moment and the most embarrassing moment
1: oh we'll start with the most embarrassing um it was actually in high school I remember this very vividly um I was going up in practice to hit a ball and I jumped super early and I was coming on my way down I swung at it and I missed it and it landed straight on my head and my shoulder. Um, so it was a little bit embarrassing. I was I was older, I was I think a junior. And so it was a bunch of the younger girls that were around me. And so that one was a little bit funny to see. Um, but those, th- th-
0: those jumps, if you don't time them, right. I've yeah. said this more than once in volleyball, because I'll see a hit that goes out or hits the net and I'm going, Oh, it looked like they were just a split second, late split second, early yep. timing is so critical. Yeah. So I laugh not because it hits you in the face, but it's like, Oh, uh, you, you, you know what? You can speak up close and personal to how important timing is, <laughs> yes, yes. how important it is to time the jump right. Yes,
1: absolutely. Uh huh.
0: How did your younger teammates respond to that?
1: Oh, everybody was laughing. We were all at some point rolling on the floor, cracking up. You know, it was embarrassing, but you got to laugh at it.
0: You know what? I'm sure every one of your teammates and your coaches have probably (laughs) had something like that happen to them. Definitely. By that point, you've run through how many sets? Yeah. You run through all the simulations. Not all of them are going to (laughs) be... spot on perfect. yes yep <laughs> at least at least your face is still the one piece though yes, right <laughs> yes
1: it was just a light tap okay because <laughs> like if it was a
0: if it was a spike or a swing like, yeah that could leave a mark yes there that's was. What, that's what scares me the most is that someone could knock my face off if I wasn't ready
1: yes there was one time in in college my freshman year though I was playing defense and one of our middles went up to hit and I put my hands up to dig it but it went right over my fingers and hit me square in the forehead so that was also a little bit funny and embarrassing, but.
0: Well, you've got a pretty thick skull, it, it sounds like. Yes, I guess you've taken so. You're taking a couple of hits to the head and you just keep on trucking.
1: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Especially with a volleyball.
0: <laughs> well, like you said, it's a bigger ball. Yeah. Imagine if that were like a baseball or a hockey oh. puck. That could be a little scary. That would so if be you're going to get hit in the head, hit in the face, at least it's with a volleyball. Volleyball is and...
1: the best option to get so, hit in the head with, I got to say.
0: <laughs> so if you learn nothing else, viewers or listeners, if you're going to get hit in the head, take up volleyball because you <laughs> will just bounce off and you'll be all.
1: <laughs> yeah, you'll be Where good.
0: were we? Oh, yeah, your most exciting moment. We've been talking yeah. about all the times you're getting hit in the face. Well, I'm, I'm, you've had a lot of exciting moments, too, where you don't get hit in the face, but your yeah. most exciting moment in volleyball, and this could be anything. Yeah,
1: there's a lot, actually, and all of them have to do with um, – you know, not getting something the year before and then finally getting it the year after. So high school, you know, we would, we'd never gotten to state, we would make it into sections and then we wouldn't get past, but then senior year, we finally got there and then we continued to surprise ourselves with winning and then finally getting third at the end. So that was a super proud and exciting moment to be able to hold a big trophy and get all of our medals with the whole team, Um, but also college as well. My freshman year, we didn't win our conference tournament Um, but then the next year we fought really hard. We learned who we were as a team and then ended up winning conference and then won the second year in a row. So two-time conference champions.
0: And maybe a third is in the wings. We'll have to see. Another question I like to throw at my guests because the answers always uh, go all over (laughs) the place in a fun way. What would you say is the most unusual thing about yourself if people hadn't met you for the first time? What's something fun, unique, and unusual that makes you who you are?
1: Ooh. Um, I'm a huge book reader, Um, and that's a very, I mean, I I guess a common thing to say.
0: but You did kind of allude to it, I guess, with (laughs) the, um, the sports books you're reading.
1: But I like basically every genre. Usually I think people have just one that they like. Um, but I can read fantasy books. I can read romance books. I can read mystery books, um, books that were written in the 90s that are a classic romance, I guess, or something. But
0: You just dated me, or you,
1: you <laughs> came close. <across> them <laughs>
0: like the 90s, so you weren't even born yet. No,
1: no, it's not.
0: That's all right. I can date myself, too, just <laughs> from living life. Do you have a favorite author, though? You mentioned not really having any genre, and that's yeah. fine, because that, I think, opens you up to all sorts of adventures out there but is there an author or a book that sticks out that you really enjoyed reading
1: i don't have a favorite author yet i bounce around through everybody um a lot of people on my team like colleen hoover she's a big one and i've read a couple books but i like to keep everything open
0: well you know what lauren i think once you're done with volleyball you could start a book club or if you wanted to launch your own spotify or youtube channel you could do your uh (laughs) book reviews.
1: I might.
0: Well, if you need any tips with video, I'd be happy to help because (laughs) I don't know how common of an answer that is, but if that's what makes you, you, then it's the perfect
1: answer. Yeah. Specifically older books, a lot of Jane Austen and um, Pride and Prejudice, you know, there's the movie, Mm -hmm. but the book is just fantastic. I mean, it's even better. So.
0: And I've said this too, books can do things movies can. So when I hear people say the book is so much better, and it's like in some respects it is because the book isn't limited by a running time or budget constraints depending on what studio is financing it. Mm -hmm. And so I don't look at it, I don't compare books to films that way. Because I was a big Harry Potter fan. I read Jurassic Park, for example, and I've seen all the film adaptations. And so I look at, okay, there's no way you could adapt every single detail into a film. It would be too long, but it's kind of fun to see what journey, how do they adapt it? What paths do they take? What decisions? So I Mm -hmm. look at it that way because I try to, I think of them as separate mediums.
1: Yeah, of course.
0: Uh, But it is though, I suppose though it is fun like reading, you said Pride and Prejudice, and I imagine you've read other books that were adapted into films and seeing how they differ and, how you know the book might be better in some ways, and then sometimes the film adaptation does things that yeah. knock it out of the park too. Yeah. Lauren, I really think you've got something here. I don't know how much of a <laughs> media mogul you want to be, but <laughs> this book thing, I really think that could be...
1: It could be, it could uh, be.
0: It could be, a, if nothing else, a little side hustle to build up your brand name and yeah. maybe you become the next Reading Rainbow host. I don't know.
1: It could be. You never know what's on the cards for me. <laughs>
0: You just go with it. I've learned that uh, you don't, you just kind of go wherever life takes you.
1: Me do. Yep.
0: <laughs> I think when going back to learning just how little control we have over mm-hmm. a lot of things. And like I said, the pandemic was a reminder of that where, you know, yes, I have goals I want to achieve, but I understand I don't always have control over it. Kind of like with you in volleyball, I'm yeah. sure you'd love to make the final four. Yep. But. There's no way to know what the next five minutes will bring. Yes, that's true. We've covered a lot of ground and went on this really long tangent about books, (laughs) (laughs) which I don't mind. It's always fun to, again, hear all of these different ingredients, these uh, pieces of this puzzle that no two stories are alike, and you're an embodiment of that. But with everything you've gone through whether it was the highs of making it to state in volleyball the regionals or going through burnout that's something Mm -hmm. i know a lot of athletes deal with d1 d2 d3 and having to do it in a time where activities were limited you couldn't do all of the things that we were accustomed to that i certainly was accustomed to in my college years you've been through a lot and it sounds like you have uh some big plans in mind, but with everything you've experienced so far, what would you tell a younger version of yourself?
1: Um, I would tell a younger version of myself to be more patient. Um, Be patient with recruiting. Be patient with figuring out what you want to do in life. Um, Be patient with your growth as a person and as a player. Um, I think I was very anxious all the time. I was very tense, kind of just wanted things to be perfect right away. I wanted things to go exactly as I wanted them to. Um, So I would say... Be patient. Trust God. It's going to be okay.
0: Sound advice. And yeah. I know we've talked a lot, but is there anything else about you, your story, your, what's the word I'm looking for? Your forge with volleyball or your expedition? That's what I was looking mm-hmm. for. Or anything else that you'd like to add?
1: Um, I just kind of want to say like for every player out there, just be proud of what you're doing. You're going to look back on it and there's going to be some good moments, some moments that maybe you're not super happy with, but all of them are leading up to a final moment or maybe a moment of realization for you that you grew. So just be proud of everything that happened.
0: And I'll leave with this one more plug for an old coach of yours. As I was getting more into volleyball over the years and trying to keep track of things, I, I call it an unofficial scorecard because mm. I don't know how kills, for example, are exactly scored or errors or what constitutes them. And so I tell folks, these aren't the final numbers, but this will help me and help you pick up on patterns. Mm -hmm. And actually, it is quite revealing on set. So when you see one team take one set and another and then have it flip, you can see, oh, this team didn't land as many kills or this team had more errors. And you think about all the points that differ but your old coach Stephanie Blanda gave me a piece of advice that I've carried with to this day <laughs> that well that speaks to her sense of humor I think you'll understand it it was I think before one of the assembly games that I covered I was catching up with her and I was saying uh, well oh because she kept that score sheet with her yes and it's like oh that's a good idea so I started doing that and she doesn't remember this I do she said if you're scoring at home you know, a kill obviously is when you land a successful attack and error is when you do something stupid.
1: Yes. Yeah. I would agree.
0: <laughs> and obviously you don't mean to, but yeah. it, it, I'd have to, you know, maybe do a film session with you because I'm like, so is this an error like most of the time I can figure out what an error is. Mm-hmm. Uh, but if it's deflected, how that works, and I've learned about, like, off the block. And there are still, like, signals and more minute details yes. that I'm still trying to figure out. Like, and other players have said, "You, that's us too. Like, we don't know all the <laughs> rules. But so I, as I look forward to another season of volleyball, that's the one piece of advice I keep yes. in mind <laughs> when I'm scoring at home. But, well, Lauren, this was great. I'm glad we finally got to make this work. Yeah. and. I know you'd love to make it three for three on first team, maybe player of the year. I don't know how that works in volleyball. Setter of the year. I don't know how they I handle awards. I hope we
1: institute a setter of the year. We haven't gotten there yet.
0: <laughs> she says that after recording two 1,000 plus assists seasons. <laughs> so there might be a little bit of uh, motivation with that. <laughs>
1: there might be.
0: <laughs> but I'm sure you'd love to make that three in a row, three in a row for conference and final four, but you know, whatever comes your way. I know I look forward to seeing what happens and I guess what this exercise science theology thing you talked about is that, so are you going to start your own practice doing, uh, I don't know how that works exactly. What, uh, what you'd like to do with, that level of education uh, completed when you get that degree come springtime.
1: Yeah, there's a lot of organizations out there. Um, There's Athletes in Action is one, um, Fellowship of Christian Athletes. They do a lot with high schools and colleges. So um, I'm looking to internship with them in the spring so I can hopefully um, carry that home to the cities here.
0: FCA, that is a group that I have heard a lot about through basketball, so. I am looking forward to whatever comes your way. And if you ever wanted to give broadcasting a shot when you come back home after this season, as long as I'm still a one-piece, so (laughs) fingers crossed. (laughs)
1: Yes. (laughs) Heaven forbid
0: something happens to me, it'd be fun to have you along to uh, share your insights with us. Uh, But I'm glad we got to make this work, and I wish you luck as you get ready to embark on the final chapter of your college career at Lewis. And I guess if I have one request, I don't know if it if it's possible because of how sets work and the number of games, but if you're able to get to fifteen hundred assists, I'd be a happy guy.
1: I'm gonna work I'm gonna do my best. <laughs> we'll work on it.
0: Fourteen hundred will be acceptable too. Okay.
1: okay. I'll keep the fifteen hundred <laughs> in mind though.
0: <laughs> no, but it, it really it is amazing to see you blossom. Maybe you don't get the headlines that some of the gophers you talked about do or other members of the Big Ten mm-hmm. or other D1 college teams but to see you make that transition and say hey you know what D2 is the best fit for me and then to have it play out that way for the most part it didn't start out that way but to see it finish that way or at least continue that way I think it speaks a lot about the talents a lot about your determination perseverance just your ability to handle adversity and I know whatever happens, no matter how many assists you get, I suspect it will be a wonderful finish to this thing called volleyball.
1: Yes, of course it will.
0: Well, Lauren Stenman, thanks again, and best of luck as you get ready for that senior year.
1: Thank you. Thanks for having me today.
0: And you can find her at Lewis University if you live near the area. Otherwise, you can check out their live streams if you don't live near the Chicago area and want to see if she can surpass her career best in assists or kills you know why settle on assists? why just yeah. settle for assists why can't we include kills or yeah. I've seen you get a few block assists as they call it yeah. so you, you can handle even though assisting is your primary duties or setter it's like you kind of retain that versatility that I saw you execute so well at North St. Paul so you know why settle for just assists exactly. maybe get I career highs all over the board right? <laughs> except for errors
1: yes no errors no errors <laughs> Or, or at least
0: a, a good assist to error ratio, yeah. right? Because no errors might be a little tough. Yeah. <laughs> but you can find her at Lewis University, one more year, and we'll see if she can fly her way into the women's final four in Division Two. And if you've got a story you'd like to share, we're always happy to have you. Just contact us on social media at the Mike Peden. So until next time, thanks for watching another edition of Mike Up Sports. If you'd like to support TSB Television Programming, sponsor us at patreon.com slash TSB PayPal at TSB Television, or Cash App at TSB Television. Thank you for listening to Mic'd Up Sports.